Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Ben, and you know I get to share the message today. Um, what an awesome morning it is that we get to um, be here and record this message to, for all the people online. I'm really excited about um, sharing my heart. Um, you know, a little background um, about me. Uh, I connected through to this church through Kim and Jed, and so shout out to them. Um, we've been here probably four times the last five months doing worship, and Aki, uh, my beautiful wife, gets to do the got to do the hula, and um, we just love you guys. We are so thankful, and when we think of New Hope Community Church, we have nothing but like praise, praise, and and thanks because God is so. Um, powerful when we came in. I remember the first day we came in and I saw all these kids serving and I saw, um, I met Pastor Pat and the team and Kim and, and then we, we led worship and I got one word that I came away with was, it was electric. It was electric. And today I want to talk about the spiritual gifts that God's given us and how when we use those things, God's presence kind of fills our lives. And that first Sunday we came, that was a wonderful example of that. Yeah. So um, first, and then we can begin. Father, thank you so much for this body. Thank you for your church. Thank you for the people that you've given to us in this season as our brothers and sisters, as our friends and as our aunties and uncles, as our pastors, as our leaders, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come in this next season and give us new vision and new depth of relationship and your presence in new and powerful ways. So this morning, open our ears to hear from your word, and uh, we invite you here in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So um, this past week, and, uh, Aki and I had our one-year anniversary, so we, we got married last October, and I, was, uh, I waited 42 years, and it brought me the perfect woman, and we got to stay at the Hale Kulani for one night. It was either that, one night, or like five nights somewhere else, and I said, okay, let's do Hale Kulani, and we were so blessed to get that recharge and everything, and what um, both of us, we're kind of like a, a ministry team. So I've known, you know, my life as, as a Christian, as a servant of the church. Together now, we're a team. And so on this vacation, on this anniversary, we kind of talk about our life. We go back to memorable that God had spoken to us throughout the year. And I said, what's, what's your me- most memorable ministry moment? And she shared something um, about, you know, her dancing in front of a huge audience and everyone adoring her and, and just joking. Um, she was just, we both talked about this church. And we said, you know what, there was that time that we came to New Hope Community Church. And um, I think Pastor Tim was sharing. And I remember just the community and I said, man, God is alive at that church. And... I wanted to share this morning um, 
just like how God's used us to connect with you through our gifts of hula and worship, God wants to use those same gifts in you to connect with those around you. And um, it all starts with knowing how God made you, knowing what gifts, knowing your place in the body, knowing your role, and then finding and taking responsibility for what God has entrusted to you this season. Yeah. So knowing and employing your gifts makes the Christian life come alive. And I know um, Pastor Pat, he's here with me this morning, and I'm here, and that's both of our testimonies. That's why God's alive is because I'm still serving, still growing. Yeah? And there's so much content we can go into regarding our spiritual gifts. Um, this is not, I am not the expert at spiritual gifts, nor do I ever claim to have deeply studied them. But I've experienced in my life and in the church what they are. So this is more going to be about looking at the benefits of knowing what your gifts are, and then practicing those gifts in the church, okay? So the title of this message is Finding Your Sweet Spot in the Church. And um, when I was a kid, I played Little League Baseball. And uh, when you get up to that, you fix the pitcher, right? And the pitcher, there's two ways you can hit. You, you can uh, swing with all of your strength at the ball, just use your own strength, right? Or uh, the second way is, you can place the fat part of the bat onto the ball, letting the bat take care of the work. And when you let the bat take care of the work, the ball just flies. And we call that fat part of the bat the sweet spot. So there's nothing like finding your sweet spot in the church, right? And in life, we have different um, roles and we play in different facets of our life. So in a family, you have a role. In your marriage, you have a role. Uh, at work, you have a role. And in church, you also have a role, right? Um, but the thing is, it's hard to find sometimes your role in the church. For me, it was easy to find my role in the family. So when I was, you know, younger up until last year, because I got married late in life. So I'm talking about my whole family. My role in the family was, I was the funny, but kind of cool, a little too old to be single uncle. <laughs> I know. And because of that, though, I got to really connect with my nieces and my nephews through the years. But I know that was my role. I wasn't the father, right? The kids liked me because I was still young. I could still think like them, you know, even though I was getting older, you know, they still stuck around. And the other week, um, my niece on a Friday night with her cool friend, they came over to our house on a Friday night at like 7 o'clock and hung out with us. And I thought, that's because my role was that. So now Aki and I fill that role. So in a family, you have a different role. In my marriage, I, I'm, the, 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 sorry, I'm the disciple. I'm the disciple, not the teacher. Because my wife Aki is the teacher. So, you know, the other night... I found out that I still don't know anything one year in. She said, honey, can you please help me and get the rice and bring it to the table? Now, I was lying on the couch under the blanket, and I was so cozy. And I said, okay, you want me to get up, go to the counter, grab the rice, and then bring it to the table? And she's like, yes, help me. 
And I was, I was, I'm ashamed to say it, but I was so mad. I was so mad because I thought, honey, I don't ask you when you're under the covers to get the rice and bring it to me. And she said, honey, I was with you all day helping your dad. I took the day off and we went to the hospital and we had to take my dad to the hospital and my dad had dementia. We had to move the wheelchair. She was holding my dad down. and I didn't realize the whole day she was helping me. And I couldn't even bring the rice. And then we had a big laugh about it later. But that's me. I'm, I'm the learner. She's the teacher, you know. And at work, you know, I have, uh, I find myself, you know, usually as a manager or in leadership. I remember when I was a kid, I worked in locomotion for like 10 years. And then finally, um, they gave me the keys, you know. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a manager. So I found out my role is maybe leadership. But when it comes to the church, I find out it's so hard to find your place in the church. At least it was for me. I'm still trying to find my sweet spot. Um, I think because I've been at it for a while, I got saved when I'm 17, now I'm 43 years old. And from then till now, I don't know how long that is because I went to Kaiser High School, but from then till now, I've been looking for my sweet spot. And I think I know where it is, but sometimes I find like I'm still trying to force it. Can you relate to that? And then other times I find like, man, I'm just connecting, okay? And that's where I want to be. I want to be right in the sweet spot. So your sweet spot is where the bat, which is your gifts, meets the ball, which is the church, and you see effectiveness, you see power, you see anointing in your life. That's the sweet spot when you're living in that. So when you find your sweet spot and connect, the ball just carries. And the reason why it's important for us to live in our sweet spot is because the church isn't a place primarily for Sunday attendance. And we know this. It's really a place where you discover and I discover who we are and who God made us to be. And then we serve and we grow and then we become who God wants us to be, who he saw in us the whole time. Everybody's doing that. You walk in, like I walked in here that first time, and it's electric with God's presence. And you can feel it because people are serving. So this isn't a message saying you guys aren't doing This is a message saying some of you are doing that. And I can feel the presence of God. You guys are alive in Christ. But if you haven't found your place, I can say this. God does have a place for you. He has a family for you. He has a reward for you. And when we begin to experience all that God has for us, that'll be living and serving in our sweet spot, okay? So our scripture for today is in the book of Romans. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Romans 12, or you can just look on the screen, and I'm going to read it. It says this, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so we in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. 
If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Okay? And the beginning, it says this, For by the grace given me, I say to everyone, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather with sober judgment. So to me, this isn't really a, a corrective verse. It's talking about humility, but really, it's to me, talking also about finding out, taking a practical look at who you are with sober judgment. You know, if you're the leader, then lead. If you're the person who loves to serve, maybe you shouldn't lead everything. Just serve. You know, if you like to give mercy, then just take an honest look at who you are. So in order to find your sweet spot, you got to know what your gifts are. So number one, point number one, you have to discover your spiritual gifts. In order to find your sweet spot, you have to discover your spiritual gifts. I know this is so simple. I wish I had more depth, but this is it. Um, you know, um, some of you may be a leader. You know, you might be a leader in the marketplace, but maybe you're not a leader in the church. But you're a leader. And some others of you might be business people. You know, um, you can, everything you touch turns to gold. I have a friend who, he never could get hired at a church, but he's like a, tried and tried and tried and he's just an amazing uh, he's an amazing leader but every time he goes into business they're just trying to give him raises they're giving him like um stock and all this stuff he's a business person right that's his sweet spot some of you are prophets um you know you you have the word of the lord for your friend you, there's a depth about you 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 don't care what other people think you're just going to tell them the truth certain is um Something that I resonate with. I love serving. Uh, teachers, you know, this is what uh, Pastor Pat, Pastor John, and many others in this church have that gift too. God's given them to us to equip us. Mercy, this is people um, who, who don't see the bad in, in people. You love the unlovely. You love homeless, you know. You find yourself giving mercy to people that don't deserve it. And the encourager, God knows that we need that more in my life. I think I'm that person because I need it, right? And so the question I have for you today is, have you found your place in the church yet? Have you found your sweet spot yet? Think about that. I know it's easy and a lot of us still haven't found it, right? And the church in general, I think, has done a stellar job of including everyone's gifts in the church. Right? It's usually just the pastors and just the teachers. But, you know, as we, as we grow as a church, as we grow in depth and community, everyone's gifts start to be involved and we become a more well-rounded body, right? A more powerful body. I have a friend, an uh, example of this. Um, a friend of mine, a good friend, one of my best friends' name is Dave, and he's married to Ash Kim's sister. And Dave, Ash, and I um, have been friends for like 20 years. So I remember when um, Dave first met Ash, he was kind of, um, and I, I hope Dave is sharing this, but he was very kind of like stuffy. Like he was a, um, grew up in a real And so Ash kind of brought out the joy in him and, and like loose, non-traditional type of Christianity. And years, years later, probably this was about 2015, same church 
and we began to start a small group and the three of us were going to lead it. So Dave, being from this Dutch um, reformed theology, really strong place, we were going to have him kind of uh, facilitate along with me and Ash and uh, the three of us. And I remember on night one, Dave kind of started and uh, he gathered us all together and we all were sitting in a circle, probably about 10 of us, and he said, all right, we want to open the meeting. Uh, we want to begin with a word of prayer. And he's sitting in a rocking chair, you know, kind of. And it just wasn't him. It wasn't him, right? And so I kind of would jump in and be like, loosen things up, crack some jokes and whatnot. And we found out um, later, years and years together, we would have these prayer uh, times at the end of every small group and we would lay hands on everybody. we'd choose one person we'd lay hands on them one night it was Dave's turn so we all prayed for Dave and one of the people with the gift of prophecy or encouragement was laying their hands on him and they prayed for him they said Dave you don't have to be anything but what you are be yourself that's who God made you to be that's what we need here and who was Dave Dave was a father so he had a family, he had a family of five kids, four girls, and he was a leader in his uh, industry. So he's a construction manager, and he has hundreds of people working for him. But in the church, he was trying to be what he saw his, maybe his dad or that pastor of the Dutch Reformed Theology uh, Church act, how he acted. Dave was trying to replicate that. But really, Dave found his sweet spot as we continued on. And I remember we met together for almost five years. And by the end, Dave was the one that was prophesying. And Dave was actually, uh, I remember him being like a father to these young women. So we, we had a bunch of girls in their 20s and young marrieds. And they'd been married for a long time. And they felt so safe around him. And... Young men felt like, man, this guy's a good father. I want to learn from him. So he began to live out his sweet spot. And I remember some nights he'd be praying over these girls, these young girls. And they would just be crying because he, he was so safe that he could tell them, you know what, God's made you. You're so beautiful. You, you're exactly who you need to be. You don't have to be anything more. There's nothing creepy or weird about it because that's who he was. He was a leader. But he was a leading out of his skin. Now he's leading out of his sweet spot. And his wife is the same. Ash, she, she's an encourager. She always had a dream that she would cook for a small group because she had her cooking gifts. She has the gift of hospitality. And she would make this show you chicken that she learned from Auntie Tammy, right? And she would cook it up for, and there would be, it would be like a $50 meal every week. And she, but that was her dream. And she hosted well, and she prepared the house. And they spent all this money, all this time. And all these people started coming into their life, looking to them for wisdom. They began to live in their sweet spot. So how do you discover your spiritual gifts? I think we have so many resources now uh, when it comes to um, technology, YouTube, this church, New Hope, it's not really that hard. There's a lot of tests you can find. I'm sure you guys have something and you've implemented this. But if you're still looking, you don't know? Sorry. Another way is um, to ask yourself, what do you love to do? 
who, who are you? What are your interests before you Jesus? Those are a great sign, right? Do you love to serve people? You know, do you love to teach? Those are great signs. And lastly, ask those people around you. Ask your friends, ask your small group, ask Pastor John, ask Pastor Pat. Ask everybody around you. They can see what you cannot see. The only thing about us is we can see everything. Sometimes, like my wife, Aki, she's an amazing dancer. But when she was a kid, she was not. But her dad said to her, he said, Honey, I see the way that you smile and you light up when you're on the stage dancing. And I think God has something for you. And he saw that she came alive in that moment. And then she learned. So sometimes it can work that way. But the people around us can see it. So your sweet spot is where your gifts meet the, meet the ball, which is the church. Your gifts are the bat. The ball is the church. And you see effectiveness and power, right? And slow, just like Dave and Ash and Aki, when you find those things, what your gifts are, you can begin to live out of that place. Okay. Number two. When you discover your spiritual gifts and you begin to serve those around you and you're finding your sweet spot, you experience true community and form lifelong friendships. You, ex you experience true community and form lifelong friendships. I remember going to church for the first time in a new place. I think this is one of the scariest things that Christians or anyone who's a non-Christian even would ever do in their lifetime, right? I went to boot camp. It, that was not scary. I went to a new church. Super scary. Um, when I went to California to do grad school, I was checking out all these different churches. I went to about four churches, and I remember no one even said hi to me. And I wanted to be involved. I wanted to connect. Some of these churches were so cool, and you know, I felt like, wow, if I could be here. Then I ended up in this small Korean church because I always find my people. And then the pastor, he's the associate pastor, he came up to me and said, hey, what's up? What are you doing here? I said, oh, I'm going to uh, Biola. He said, okay, cool, man. Hey, let's get coffee. Let me get your number. He called me up. We went out. And I ended up working there. And I'm Facebook friends with these people to this day. And, you know, we have these connections because of that uh, friendship that he reached out to me. And the process of forming community or friendships, though, is not always so easy, right? If you want true community, there, there is a process and it takes time, right? So things aren't, when I showed up at the church, I don't automatically go to their kids' birthday parties, right? I have to become friends, right? And God's going to do that, so. Um, the process of forming community can be complicated, but I want to share um, a personal story of how it's happened to me. So last year, like I said, I got married, and I had my bachelor party. And there were, at my bachelor party, uh, we had barbecue, just ordered food, and uh, we didn't go to Vegas and all that other stuff. Um, but we, I invited 14 of my best friends. And these were guys that I've known. It turns out I've known some of them for five years, some of them for 30 years. And I was so shocked at all of these people because I remember when I was 17 and I showed up at church and I didn't know anybody, 
right? So here I am sitting around with all these guys, and we had this wonderful time, and everyone was sharing stories about, about all of our relationships. And, um, but there's one friend that I wanted to kind of highlight, and his friend is, my friend's name is Ross. And Ross is the worship pastor out in New Hope, Hawaii Kai. He, he's been a mentor to me since I was a kid. And when I was 17, I showed up at this church. It was filled with young people. There were hundreds of young people, and there was this rocking band. And the guy leading the worship was Ross. And I ended up getting sick, and I went to these youth group events, and there were people playing guitar, and I played the guitar. So I said, I want to I wanna learn this thing, you know. I, I'm really intrigued. And then I ended up leading worship for the youth group. And then Ross took me in under his wing, and he let me join the worship team, even though I could barely play and sing. And we began that friendship, and... Uh, it lasted to this day, but along the way, he discipled me for like, let's say, almost 15 years once I got saved. And then I ended up the worship pastor at that church, which was shocking to me. So I was a kid that saw them, got saved because I loved that. I ended up the same thing as him. But what happened in those 13, 14, 15 years was Ross spent thousands of hours with me, thousands. I would go to his, I wouldn't leave his house till 3 a.m. Uh, until like one year ago when I got married. We were still hanging out 25 years later. And we've had worship countless times. And sometimes we do the math. I say, hey, dude, you know, we, I still help with worship out in Hawaii Kai. And after we're done, God moved. It was amazing. I go, number 3,454. Amazing. That's how many times, we don't know how many times we've led worship. We love it. We're still serving together. Um, but when I got married, um, you know, we're thinking about who we wanted to do our ceremony. And I was thinking, oh, my friend, I said, man, it's got to be Ross. It's got to be Ross. And, um, okay, so we're having our ceremony. It's right on the beach in Aina Haina at this beautiful house. And... You know, Ross is leading um, the cer ceremony and he's officiating it. And Akia and I are standing right here. And Ross begins to talk about um, Jesus. And he says, you know, um, the beginning of the Bible started with a, with a wedding. And at the end, in Revelation, it ends with a wedding. And it's all about love. And then he looked at me and we both started crying. <laughs> I don't know why I was crying because I looked at my friend. And then he, my wife is in shock because she's like, why are these two grown men crying? <laughs> and it was because of the years of friendship that we'd formed together. I don't know if you can relate to that, but, you know, we have a deep relationship. And by the end, people were saying, Ross, that was the, the best ceremony ever. And I've never seen a man cry that much during a wedding. And usually it's the groom if it is a man. It's not the officiant. And he said, I know. And anyway, I love him so much. But that's the story of me finding my gift, finding my sweet spot, sticking around, serving, welcomed in. And over years and years and years, we have formed a friendship. And it's a lifelong friendship. 
So how do you find your community and your people and form your friendships? And many of you have these, but if you're searching for something deeper, here's a couple of tips. First, find a place to start using your gifts. Simply, I love guitar. I grew up on Led Zeppelin. I grew up on Bon Jovi. I grew up on Bruce Springsteen. And when I came to the church, I loved Ross playing the music. And then I served in that capacity. So what do you see? What do you love? Second, become a generous person with your time and even with your money. And I don't know about me. I'm not rich in money at all. I don't own a house yet. I don't have a lot of money or treasure in this world. But one thing God did bless me with was friends. And that wasn't always the case. But now, the, one of the ways that that happens is, man, there's times where I've asked Ross to come. You know, I've been leading worship at a different church, and I say, Ross, can you come and help me out over here? And he wakes up at 6 in the morning and comes for like a year straight to play electric guitar. Now, Ross is one of the best worship leaders I've ever met in my life. He's, they pay him to go do it other places. He's coming and helping me. Same thing with me. If he needs something with his kids, I'm there to help them. There's a sacrificial generosity. And because of that, there's depth of friendship. And another tip is take responsibility. So for me, it's worship. For you, it might be, it might be you know, doing a, a, a drive. Like you might run the Christmas drive, right? You might do a party. You might love to host a small group. But when you take responsibility, there is something that happens. And here's something that is, is I've noticed recently in my life is the people that take responsibility become friends with other people who take responsibility. And those are the friendships that last a lifetime. So I encourage you to start serving using your gifts. Be generous with your time. Be gen there are seasons for everything, but overall just have a generous heart. And then try to take responsibility for something. And then those people that you're serving with, you'll find that those will become your community and your lifelong friends. So when you begin to serve those around you, you find your role and you begin to live um, You can experience true community and find lifelong friends. And number three, um, when you find and discover your spiritual gifts and you begin and you're living in your sweet spot, right? You find Christ. You find Christ. So first, you got to discover your gifts. Second, because you employ them and you take responsibility, God will give you these lifelong friendships and true community. But along the way, that's where you find Jesus. And you find Him in ways that you couldn't unless you did. Okay? Um, and here's another story. Um, I'll close with this one. New Hope right here on the other side. They're called C4 now. And I initially came to work for the church. Uh, my friend uh, didn't tell me that one of my roles would be set up. So I oversaw at New Hope Diamond Head. It was at the Diamond Head Theater. And I set up is fine. And he's like, okay, but you got to get there at 3. 
I said, in the afternoon? He said, no, 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 no. In the morning. I said, oh my gosh. So, New Hope is, it, um, they don't mess around with this setup. We had to set up like six tents. We're not talking little tents. We're talking 20 by 20, 40 circus tents. And there were hundreds of people that would sit out in these tents. This is a time when the spirit was flowing and there was thousands of people in every church, okay? And I was like, oh my gosh. So we're setting, it was two containers. And then I had to bring this 40-foot container uh, on the back of the van. I would drive it in anyway. It was 3.45 I would get there. And I remember there were sometimes about 15 of us that would show up in the morning. This is the kind of mission it was. They'd show up at 4. That's why I had to be there at 3. And we would set up the tents. And um, I remember by the end, by 5, 5.30, everything would be set up. By 6.30, everything would be set up. And uh, we would join in hands. There would be you know, this big circle of like fully huge local dudes. People would drive in from Waianae. People would drive in from all over the island, all dressed in their blue Levite shirt. And we'd all be sweaty. And we just set up, you know. And I remember the, there were times where the Holy Spirit would be so present that all of us are holding hands, a bunch of grown men. We'd all be crying. We'd be crying. Just the presence of God was so thick. Sometimes it'd be raining. And, you know, it's like we're in the rain, praying, crying. Actually, we'd be under the tent. But there was times I'm trying to make it really emotional. We would be crying. And um, then we'd go home, shower, come back to service, and all of us would, you know, go to the first service. And I remember talking to people, and every once in a while, someone might say something like this. You know, I didn't love the... I said, how was it? They said, oh, you know, it was okay. The, you know, the worship was okay. It was, you know, I didn't love the songs. Said, how was church today? Oh, you know, the message was fine, but, you know, I kind of like when Pastor Fernando shares, you know, it's, it hits me deeper. Was it powerful for you? It was okay. And in my heart, you know, what I was thinking, I was thinking, man, you should have been here at four. Not that you got to serve in that way to, to but if you were here, you should have been here earlier because the glory was so thick. You should have, um, we encountered Jesus in powerful ways when we serve. And so that was my gift. I have the gift of service. I have the gift of mercy. That's why I love Dave. I have the gift of service. That's why I love setting up. And for you, what is your gift? How will you encounter Jesus? It will be through serving in some capacity, using your gifts. And when you do it, the presence of God will surprise you along the way. You'll run into Jesus. And these are ways that you cannot get Him reading the Bible. You will find Him in the Word. You will find Him in life. You will find Him in your home. But you will find Him in deep ways in the church when you're serving and using your gifts because God dwells among us when we get together. He dwells in special ways here. So, you find Him when you find out what your gifts are. You find your sweet spot and then he'll give you those true friendships, right? And finally, you'll find Jesus. 
So in heaven, I just want to kind of say this for the record. I've kind of decided what I would like my job to be when I die. I would love to be a Levite. And I know I don't get any, any more rewards. You know, there's no, you know, I just want to be a Levite because that's my tribe. That's where I'm around. I was talking to Pat, Pastor Pat this morning, and he said, oh, yeah, you know, I used to set church before um, at, at New Hope Oahu when I was in charge of the, the youth group. I would get there for it. And I said, oh, that's why I like Pat, because we're the same tribe. And this isn't to say that you should do that. But have you found your tribe? Have you found your role? Have you found your sweet spot yet? Because when you do, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be worth all that you put into it. So don't give up. It's worth it. God has so much in store for each one of us. Your gifts will make a way for your community and ultimately connect you to Jesus as you serve others with those gifts. And that's what it's all about. That's what, in fact, that's what everyone out there is looking for. They're looking for this community that they can be a part of and a place where they can grow into everything that God wanted them to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for finding each of us. The Bible says that we didn't choose you, but you chose us. And you chose us and you put us into community so that we can discover who we are and then serve those around us and eventually find you in powerful ways that changes not only our lives, but our whole family's lives. Today, we pray you would inspire us on this journey to discover spiritual gifts, to find our fit, to find our sweet spot, and then to employ and deploy those gifts to serving those around us. And as we do that, we're gonna find you. We ask for your anointing, God, church, in this next season. We pray that everyone who's on the benches, everyone who's on the outside, everyone who wants to get in can get in and that they would contribute in meaningful ways that they can look back and say, this is a season. This is a season where you change your family. You build relationships. And I grew so much in you during that season at New Hope Community Church. We love you. We bless you. And we thank you so much, Jesus, for choosing us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're so glad that you could be here. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Pastor John is going to be here, fresh back from, from his sabbatical. And so we want to welcome all you guys to invite your friends to watch and to come to service on Sunday. So we'll see you then. Aloha.